Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Les Talk podcast. We are super pumped to be with you today. We have a very exciting episode for you guys today. We have a BYU versus Virginia preview. Mm-hmm. We have Big Game Boomer on the podcast, mm-hmm. which is going to be a lot of fun. You're really going to enjoy that. Uh, before we move on, we wanted to take a second to let you guys know that we are posting a lot of very fun and incredible content on our social media pages. Follow us on Instagram, at Les Talk Pod, and on Twitter with the same handle, at Les Talk Pod. Also, check out our website. Our website has a lot of cool stuff on it, and it has something that Jerry's been working really hard on, which are the weekend watch guides. They're actually really cool. They tell you what games are on on what channels at what times, and it gives you a little preview of the relevance to BYU and to the playoff race. Really great, especially if you just want to flip on the TV and you don't know which games are on what channels, what you want to watch. Weekend Watch Guide has it all laid out, super easy to read, right there for you. So go check those out. Those will help you get through the weekend. Absolutely. It also has the relevance that each game has to BYU in its season. It's incredible. Check it out, lestalkpodcast.com. And also follow... Big Game Boomer Official on Instagram, at Big Game Boomer Official. Without further ado, let's boom. Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over your death, right? Let's back this booler. Yeah! <laughs> let's go wild, Let's go, let's go. We're at a waterfall, dude. Welcome back to uh, the Let's Talk podcast. We are going to hop right into our BYU Virginia preview. It is a very big game this weekend. Um, BYU coming into the game 6 and 2. Virginia also coming in to the game 6 and 2. Yes, but Virginia started out the season 2 and 2. It's on a four game win streak and they are looking dangerous. Whereas BYU on the other hand kind of did the opposite. Kind of struggled. Yeah, we started out 4 and 0 since then. Uh wait, sorry. 5 and 0. 5 and 0. Since then we are 1 and 2. But we are coming off a win. We're on a one game win streak. So let's check out the most important aspect of this game. That will make or break the entirety of this game, the uniform matchup. Alrighty, and BYU is going with a very old throwback look. They're going with, uh, they call it The Verge, the Virgil Carter. Um, So they are royal helmets with royal jerseys and white pants. Honestly, I think it looks pretty clean. I think it looks great. I think it's going to look beautiful. I think it'll look beautiful on the green grass. I am very excited for the uniforms that we are wearing. Now, Virginia... They are wearing a, you know, it, it's a nice uniform combination. We watched their release video on their Twitter page. Super dope. Super cool. Really good editing. You should check that out. But they are wearing white pants, white jerseys, and, now this is a hot topic, Navy helmets. Ooh. Does now, Bronco not know what's been going on with Navy helmets around BYU country? Well, when Bronco first came into BYU, BYU was in the Royal Helmet phase, the early mm-hmm. one in the early 2000s, and he changed that real quick. So I wonder if Virginia has better luck with the Navy helmets than BYU does. Interesting. You know, Navy helmets, while we, were, while we have been wearing Navy helmets, we have, quite honestly, sucked. <laughs> we have not played well. Yes. When we wear any other helmet, we're chilling. But the Navy helmets, put those on, and it is doomsday. 
Let's hope it's the same thing for the Virginia Cavaliers. This week will be a little bit of research to see if the Navy helmets only affect the Cougars in Provo or if they also affect the opposing teams. Yeah, and I, I'm i trying to think, do any other teams have Navy helmets? Honestly, um, Ole Miss, Ole Miss has some. Ole Miss. Um, although Ole Miss's powder blue looks much Cal. better. Cal, that's true. Cal sucks. Cal does. So Navy Cal helmet, bad. bad. Uh, the Bears have Navy Nevada. helmets, bad. Nevada. Nevada, Nevada like, all right, they're, they're pretty good. They're decent. So I guess we're going to find out this week, right? Yes, um, we are. Let's get into a little bit more of the, st- the stats and the actual game breakdown. But um, please, before you bet on the game, I want you to go back and re-listen to this because if you're going to bet the game, please check the uniforms first. Absolutely. I got burned twice last week by UCF and by Oregon because I didn't check the uniforms and they had the best uniforms on the field. And guess what? They won. So please don't pay attention to the stats. Pay attention to the uniforms before you bet. Exactly. UCF had that, what do they call it? The astronaut or the spacesuit? Yeah, something uniforms. like that. Oregon had those eggshell uniforms. They were both beautiful. Uh, to all the people out there that think uniforms do not affect gameplay, you're wrong. You are just so wrong. I'm like, oh, it's just a piece of clothing. It doesn't affect how they run or throw the ball. Are you kidding me? It's all about when you look at yourself in the mirror before the game and that what do you see? Do you see that you are royal? Or do you see that you're wearing a Navy helmet and that you're going to get your head bashed in for 60 <laughs> minutes? It's all about the morale it's all about how the players feel wearing their uniforms and if they feel clean they'll play clean yeah it's 100% true and when we were watching march madness this past year it it was scary how the colors because for every like city they'll do a different color combo on each court the team that was wearing the colors of the court always won yeah every single game we every watched single even game. if it was an accent color the the team color that matched the court color, one. It was insane. I, if you UCLA played on powder blue and yellow courts all the way up until the final four, mm-hmm. I, nothing else to say Nothing there. else to say. Okay. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the stat watch. Uh, very interesting nugget for Tyler Algier, who is just 134 yards away from a 1,000-yard season. So yep. shout out to him. He's also 212 yards away from reaching number 10 all-time in career rushing yards at BYU. He could reach both of those this game. Yeah. Virginia's rush defense is not amazing. They're booty. And Tyler Algier can easily hit 134. 212 is within reach if the game stays within reach for BYU. We're not trying to play catch up or, you know, throw right. the ball a lot. Yeah. I think he could hit both of these, but he'll definitely hit both by the end of the season. So that's just a little something to watch out for. All right. Let's move on to the scouting report. Like we mentioned before, Virginia is 4-0 and in its last four games. If you exclude the Duke game, because Duke is a basketball school, they shouldn't even have a football team. I don't know what they're doing putting 11 men on a field. <laughs> they have won their games over this four-game stretch, again, excluding Duke, by an average of just over a field goal. So the games have all been really close, but they've won each one of them. And let's be honest. So they've all been one-score games, and two of them, Miami and Louisville, they won because the opposite team missed a game-winning kick. Yep. You know, like a chip shot field goal mm-hmm. at the end of the game. So they've been playing really close games, which gives us some hope because when we go look at their offense, we're going to see that they have an explosive, explosive offense. But let's take a little bit to talk about their defense. Uh, Virginia's defense doesn't force a lot of turnovers. They have five interceptions over the course of eight games so far. So 
I mean, they do every once in a while, but not a lot. BYU had like five turnovers in like the first two or three games. Yeah, exactly. So. They give up 433 yards of offense a game. They are not a very strong defensive team. They will give up points. They will give up yards. They will give up drives. Whether or not we can capitalize on it will be a very interesting and critical question in this game. Yeah, and it's really interesting to see because Georgia Tech, a team that, you know, generally runs a triple option sort of offense, doesn't score a lot of points, put up 40 on these guys. Yeah, it was a lot. So look for BYU to try to find uh, explosiveness in their offense again, kind of like we saw against Baylor, kind of what we saw against or, or, uh, Utah State, running the ball downfield with Tyler Algier. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get our yards. The question is, will we be able to score more points than they do? And they score a lot of points. Their quarterback is led by an absolute star in Brendan Armstrong, who leads the FBS in passing yards, throwing for over 400, again, 400 yards per game. That's ridiculous. 23 touchdowns, six interceptions on the year. So just to put this in perspective, Jaron Hall, his career high is like 320 yards. Yep. This guy is averaging 60 to 80 more yards per game than Jaron Hall. Yeah, than Jaron Hall's best game of his entire career. Right. <laughs> and he doesn't just throw the ball. He runs the ball, too. He has 70 carries on the season. He's not the most athletic runner. He just gets the job done when he runs. Right. Which is, you know, it's what they do. He has like a 45-yard rush on the on the season. Right. Five rushing touchdowns. Over So far in the year, he has completed more than twice as many passes as Jaron Hall. He throws the ball a lot. That's insane. And he is accurate with it. That's crazy. And like you said, he leads the nation in passing yards. I Like, what else can you say, right? And it's not just him, too, because he's a great quarterback. He's kind of mobile, like you said. When he's running the ball, it kind of reminds me of when you're playing with a different team in NCAA and you, like, <laughs> try and run with the quarterback. You're like, oh, shoot, this guy isn't quite an athlete, yep. you know? But you can still get the job done. Mm-hmm. But... Apart from Brennan Armstrong, Virginia has a butt ton of weapons. Yeah, they've been going to the gym. They've been doing squats. That butt is huge. That butt ton is massive. They got, yeah, a dumper full of weapons. (laughs) Yes, they do. They are backing up with a dump truck and dropping five players on you that have over 25 receptions on the season. For comparison, the only two people that have 25 catches on our team are Gunner and Neil. They have five players with that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> Their top target is all-time name here, incredible name, Dontavion Wicks, and who if, has almost as many receiving yards as Algier has rushing yards. Which is crazy. That's in, Algier is like our entire offense. Yep. And this guy, one of five receivers of 25 receptions, and has almost as many. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. That's crazy. They have a high-flying offense. Look out also. For a different quarterback, that's kind of Taysom Hill-esque. Yeah. His name is K... I, honestly, I apologize to this man. K-Town? K-Town Thompson? Kayton. Kayton Thompson? I'm 100% positive. Anyway. We should have looked at the game notes for that. Yep, that was my bad. <laughs> uh, he's bad journalism, big... Jared. <laughs> it's all right. I'm not even in the program yet, so... <laughs> it's just clean slate. Um, he's big old number 99. You're going to see 99 like running routes and stuff. And it's hilarious to watch, but he is an athlete. He plays kind of like Taysom Hill does for the saints, except I think he's bigger than Taysom Hill, Mm -hmm. at least, you know, comparatively, you know, like Taysom is kind of small and you compare him to linebackers and stuff. Right. This guy makes linebackers look small. This guy's huge. 
on the ground this season, he's only got like 193 yards and three touchdowns. But through the air, he has 572 receiving yards, Holy even though cow. he doesn't have any touchdowns. He is a court, listed as a quarterback, and he has more receiving yards than anybody on BYU's team. <laughs> that is insane. So look out for Kayton, Kayton, maybe Kayton, Thompson. Uh, we don't know. Uh, look out for Thompson, big old number 99. He is going to be a weapon for Virginia. Bronco utilizes him very well. Yeah, and I, it, this offense kind of reminds me of back, like, I can't remember what year it was, 2014, 2013, when Robert and I was like, we're going to change the offense to a go-hard, go-fast, go-hard offense, you know? Mm-hmm. This is, I think this is the kind of offense that he had in mind, right? Absolutely. Pushing the ball down the field. The quarterback is smart, he's a good passer, but his wide receivers are incredible. They, are they make people look silly. They can jump, they can run fast. The quarterback is really good at fitting them into tight spots in the zone. Mm-hmm. So look for Virginia to rack up yards and hopefully not points, but they are going to get a lot of yards this game with the scheme that BYU's defense has been putting up against teams. Okay, with all of that said, Jared, what are the keys to us winning this game? For me, it's all on the offense. I know we've been talking about Virginia's offense a lot, but for me, it's all about BYU's offense. Virginia's defense isn't amazing. We need to put up points. We need to score. Virginia is going to put up 30 plus probably, right? Mm -hmm. So BYU, we need to, for the first time this season, score more than three touchdowns against a power five opponent. Exactly. And I do not want to see Instagram crying when Virginia (laughs) scores over 30 points. At some point, people have to wake up and realize this isn't the college football of the past where your defense can consistently hold somebody to 14 points unless you are absolutely elite like Georgia is right now. Right. If you have just an average defense, teams will score 30 plus points a game. And that's just how college football works now. BYU's offense has to catch up to the times. Like Jared said, we have not scored more than three touchdowns against a single P5 opponent. If we want to win, we have to score four plus. And I really mean that. We need to establish a run game. Virginia gives up 200 rushing yards a game. If we can get 250 plus with Tyler Algier, we are flying high. Yeah. We're going to be doing really well. And it's going to open up the play action passing game for Jaron Hall, which is where he really thrives. And something that goes kind of along right with that, the best defense is a good offense, right? Mm-hmm. So if our offense can stay on the field for four or five minutes and score, that's huge for our defense because they're going to be running all over the place, right? They're going to get worked. So establishing the run, like Justin said, is going to be huge in giving our defense rest time and being able to keep the Virginia offense off the field. Absolutely. One more thing I want to say, because we've already talked about slowing down Dontavion Wicks and other wide receivers. You know, Virginia's got three wide receivers with five-plus touchdowns. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, our defense needs to drop eight. Really? Rush three, drop eight. I know we t- we hate, hate, <laughs> hate on Tuyaki for this all the time. Yeah. But Virginia is very one-dimensional. They pass the ball. That's what they want to do. They run the ball out of necessity, not because they want to do it. Yeah. If we can limit the big plays, which you do in a drop eight, and if we can contain Brennan Armstrong so he doesn't get any dumb, stupid 45-yard runs, which is what we do in the drop eight. Our linebackers are good. We will have a good game. If we use a similar game plan that we had against... Arizona State, I think we can limit this offense to under 28 points. But 28 points, I think, is like, uh, I guess I should say like 24 points is like the floor. Yeah. I think we'll play very well if we rush three, drop eight, bring pressure intermittently. 
now our offense just needs to catch up. Yeah, I totally agree. And I am also a very big, you know, opponent, not proponent, opponent of the drop three or drop eight. Mm -hmm. But the reason that I agree with you is because BYU's defensive line is so banged up. We have Lopalea Tao out, uh, Lorenzo Falatea out. We got Kane Haas out. We have all these D linemen that are out. And so I don't want us to spend an extra guy, an extra backup on the line trying to get pressure that's not going to go anywhere. Exactly. I would rather just not get pressure with three and have an extra DB rather than not get pressure with four and have one less DB. Yeah, we need to create turnovers if we're going to win this game, and I feel confident in our ability. Um, Malik Moore, you got to catch him. Come on, man. <laughs> you are an incredible player. We love you. You are one of the best DBs this university has ever seen. Just catch the ball. <laughs> we, yeah, no, and that's another big point. How many turnovers do you think BYU will need to force? Do you think we could get away without forcing a turnover? Without forcing a turnover, no. I think we force two this game. Okay. I really think we do. Uh, our offense, or sorry, our defense has been really, really, really um, persistent and has been a stumbling block to those like high-flying offenses so far this season. Yeah. Jaden Daniels, through interceptions. Utah, through interceptions. So, teams that like to pass the ball, they will throw interceptions. Utah State, through interceptions. Yep. So, we just need a couple interceptions uh, for, uh, for our defense against Brendan Armstrong, and I think that will really play into our favor. Yeah, I actually really like that. And it makes me think of the two losses we had. The Boise State loss, our offense just turned the ball over, you know. Four times. Six, th- yeah. Four, six if you include the the fourth down conversion stops. Um, and the Baylor game, we got run all over. Mm-hmm. Didn't get thrown all over. Yeah, and so if we play our game, you know, if we can stop the run, which I think we will. They don't have a fantastic rushing attack. I think we'll be able to force those turnovers. I think we'll have a good chance of winning. Absolutely. Before we move on to our interview with Big Game Boomer, there is one last thing that we need to talk about. Broncos return to Provo. How do you think Provo will receive Bronco? How do you think they should receive Bronco? All right, which one do you want me to start with? How do you think Provo will? Okay. I think there will be mixed emotions. And I don't think it's because Bronco left us for a bigger school, which he did, but I don't blame him for that. I think the reason being towards the end of Bronco's tenure, people were starting to get a little bit, you know, anxious with him. Yeah. Because early in his tenure, he did absolutely insane. Ten and two, literally every season. Yeah. And he did something that, um, what's his name? Lavelle Edwards never did, which was win like 43 games in four years, mm-hmm. which is an incredible stretch. And that's like what we grew up with, right? Yep. We grew up, my expectation for a good season has always been 11 and two, just after watching Bronco, right? Yep. In 07, 09, 08, 09. And uh-huh. so I think Cougar fans should receive him with a standing ovation. That's how I'm going to receive him because I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for him rescuing us from the Navy helmet era. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm very grateful. I kind of, the reason that I love BYU football so much is because of Bronco Mendenhall's teams. Mm-hmm. I think that Provo will receive Bronco very well. I don't think Provo is one of those like hate filled towns where they're going to start throwing mustard bottles and golf <laughs> balls onto the field. And like, they Tennessee. won't be drunk. That's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> I think this fan base has a lot of love for Bronco. I think when Bronco made the decision to move on, it hurt, but everyone understood like 
BYU, there was a certain ceiling at that time. Yeah. They were stuck in independence. They were in Mountain West play for a little bit. They weren't going to do anything incredible. He needed to go to a power five position in order to really exercise his scheme to its fullest capacity and also to make more money, frankly. Virginia was Which, willing to pay a lot more money than BYU yeah, was. Yeah, he probably made like double what he was making at that time. I w- yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he was making like triple because they really opened up the checkbook for Kalani and his staff because Kalani said, that's what we need if we want to compete. Yeah. They weren't doing that with Bronco. Maybe they did it with Bronco. They did not do it with his assistants. So that's, that's why that's when huge. Bronco left for Virginia and said, hey, assistants, we can pay you like quintuple your salary at Virginia. Yeah. And he literally cleaned house. Exactly. Yeah. I think BYU fans should receive him with a standing ovation. I think they will. Yeah. I, I really hope that it is all love for Bronco because he deserves it. He's going to go down in my memory, you know, as one of the greatest coaches that I've been able to see in my lifetime. Exactly. Right. They, I no just smile. Yep. And <laughs> just the classic, like BYU scores a touchdown and they pan to Bronco and he's just sitting there on the sideline, just straight faced staring blankly onto the field. Yep. Looks bored. Thinking of what other defensive scheme that he can pull up. <laughs> and his defenses were so good. They were, oh, we could oh, talk man. for hours about Bronco, but, we won't. We won't bore you. Uh, if you do want to see some good Bronco moments, though, go watch like any game from '07 to like 2009. Like mm-hmm. that was the quintessential BYU football stretch. Absolutely. With that, we'll stop boring you with Bronco talk, and we will move on to a very interesting segment that we got with Big Game Boomer. Woo woo! So, without further ado, let's get booming. Alrighty, welcome back, and here we are with our guest. It is the Big Game Boomer. Thanks for coming on, BGB. How you doing? <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me on. How y'all doing? Yeah, we're doing fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we are super excited for this. We've been hyped as long as we can remember for this, so <laughs> it's, it's good to have you on, man. Um, for those of you that don't know who Big Game yeah. Boomer is, uh, follow him on Instagram and on Twitter right now at Big Game Boomer Official. His account is incredible. You will love it. It's an absolute essential for all sports fans. It's, so check it out. Yeah, the essential college football content that you need. If you ever want to look at a chart and get mad, Big Game Boomer Official is <laughs> yeah. the perfect account for you. <laughs> yes. So as maybe if you just want to explain to our listeners, like, what do you do? Like, what is Big Game Boomer? You know, just a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I I mean, really up until like last Thanksgiving, I I had a Twitter account, but I never really used it at all. Um, uh, Just kind of for for OU stuff. I'm an OU alum. So that's kind of my school. Um, But I kind of started getting more involved, like tweeting, uh, commenting on stuff. And, you know, I started like getting into arguments with like Desmond Howard and like Matt Weinert and some of these guys. Yeah. So that so I was like, Okay, this is kind of a form of entertainment, and the pandemic was going on, so there was just nothing to do. Like, I took vacation for uh, Thanksgiving, and we were just at the house doing nothing. So I was just sitting on my phone, just you know, tweeting, you know, just getting on the, all, all these arguments. So we kind of got into it uh, between then and the end of the season, and then once the end of the season was over, um, I was you know kind of figuring out ways to kind of come up with content, and I put together some list. 
It was like uh, schools that have more wins than Texas over the last 10 years. <laughs> and I, uh, I posted, I put a graphic together, I put it out and it just got went, you know, went viral, had like a million people look at it. Um, and ever since then, I've just always been kind of coming up with new ideas um, to, to throw out there, to put together, uh, you know, for lists, rankings, tiers, all kinds of stuff. And, and it's just been really fun. And I, I think, you know, a lot of people find it entertaining. Um, oh, definitely. So, yeah, that's kind of how do. I got started. Yeah. I, it's funny. I, I took a picture of my account on Twitter, like New Year's Eve last year, and I had like 500 followers <laughs> and like we're sitting here right now and I've got like 22,000 followers. So it's just, it's just amazing to me how fast it's grown mm-hmm. over like less than a year. Uh, it's just really cool. That's that's absolutely insane. That's awesome. So like, how do you decide? Because you post some of the most random rankings I have ever seen in my (laughs) entire life. So how do you like look at something and decide? Yeah, I want to rank that. I mean, it's just you you think, you know, a lot of people send me ideas, um, you know, hey, you should do this. But, you you know, I um I'm always kind of coming up with things Um, like I know one time, like I did like the best stadium bathrooms. Yeah. I remember that. That was something. Yeah. That was something like a couple million people looked at that. And like, that's something my brother-in-law has been begging me to do for, for forever. And so I finally did the due diligence and kind of put, put together the research and put that graph, that graphic together and it just kind of went off. So stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I'm just kind of really just always thinking of stuff that people would find entertaining, but yet it's controversial. Yeah. Um, and that's the great that's what I love about college sports. Is I feel like it's the most passionate fan base. So, you know, you say, you know, schools are the best and worst bathrooms and you're still going to get, you know, hundreds of thousands of people arguing, you know, about their school. <laughs> Yep. And taking it personal that they have bad stadium bathrooms. <laughs> so, <laughs> They're going to be screaming. No, I went to this stadium and this stadium ran out of toilet paper one time. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, that's it's hilarious. That's awesome. So how do you kind of like when you're doing your research for say, like, for example, with the bathrooms one or with the Halloween candy or the best tailgate scene, like how do you usually go about doing your your uh your research for those kind of rankings well like so the halloween candy thing i was just kind of that's just kind of a for fun one uh, i was just kind of looking for like candy that would tie to a certain like university like for lsu i put like 100 grand bar because you know odell beckham was handing out 100 dollar bills oh to yeah the players, <laughs> national championship <laughs> and like georgia tech i put nerds so, stuff like that um <laughs> But, but then like with like tailgating and like, you know, college towns and stuff like that, I do, I've got a wide uh, kind of network of fans from every single school. And so they all give me their kind of feedback on okay. certain schools or not. Uh, I mean, I, I know someone from every single school and I did not know, know that at all before, uh, before I started doing this. Um, so, yeah, I'm always, um, yeah, tr- talking to someone, um, getting, you know, kind of the word of mouth from a, from a certain fan base. Uh, that's kind of how I put some of these lists together. Um, now, when I rank like players and coaches, that stuff I try to spend a lot of time on. Those do take a while um, just because I try to make them accurate. And you've seen like 
how much like players and coaches retweet all, the, all those lists. Oh, yeah. Like it, yeah. it's just, it's wild. Um, because I do really try to try to make those as accurate as possible. But then when we're talking like restaurants or, right. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I try to make them pretty accurate, but then there's always like a few schools that I'll take a shot at in those kind of things. Like I put Alabama for, uh, Best pizza. I put Chuck E. Cheese for Alabama. <laughs> um, so uh, just stuff like that. Just just because people find it funny. Yeah, yeah. So are you one hundred percent objective when you do these rankings, or do your true loyalties lie with OU? Or no, no. So I am. I'm a so I'm an OU guy. I went to school at OU, graduated there. Um, but I, I'm very critical of OU. <laughs> um, so. People think I'm biased sometimes, but I there's a lot of times where I've ranked OU pretty badly, and I've, I catch a lot of heat from OU fans. Um, you know, saying we should be number one. Like this guy's not a real OU guy. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I try to not have really any bias. Uh, now, Texas is one school that I very rarely say anything good about uh, that's I think the, only, the whole nation agrees yeah we yeah <laughs> and it seems like yeah it seems like most people tend to agree if, if yeah most people don't like texas so that's uh you know that's all right to kind of trash and there you go you got the horns down going um so that's awesome yeah no, that's great i think it kind of comes with us too like we're huge bau fans and i think we're also you know, the biggest bau haters yeah you're your know, own worst critic yeah the worst <laughs> critic exactly yeah no doubt. Well, you're you you're right. Our tribal those guys do not like me. Uh, they, <laughs> yeah. they think I'm a they think I'm a huge BYU homer. And <laughs> one time I put the one time I put the I do like this ranking where I do the loudest and quietest stadiums yeah. every week. And one time I put Utah as one of the quieter stadiums because I think they were playing like Arizona or something. Yeah. And the University of Utah's football, you know, official account retweeted and was like, we can do better than this. And like <laughs> all the Utah fans just like, you can't be quote tweeting big game boomer. That's a joke. Like, it's just absolutely hilarious. Um, that's incredible. So. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's see, that's the content. Like that's that's exactly why there is a big game boomer, right? Exactly. Yeah. That yeah. It's <laughs> it's entertaining for sure. That's awesome. So looking uh to college football this season, how is it shaping out? Do you like what are your biggest surprises, disappointments? I don't know. What are your overall thoughts on what we've seen so far? Well, I mean, Georgia is extremely dominant. Um, kind of knew that going into the season. OU, you know, I don't think anyone would have thought that uh, Spencer Rattler would get benched. Um, and, you know, he was a Heisman favorite, going to be the first pick in the draft. No one really thought that. No, Clemson is <laughs> Clemson's an absolute shocker is with how bad they are. Um, it's it just they're horrible. I mean, their offense is terrible. <laughs> so um, bad. Yeah, and, and it's just I really like this season because it's just other than Georgia, it really seems like there's not a clear, you know, favorite. Whereas like in the past years, it's it's like it's always been Clemson, Bama, Ohio State, and OU. And you know, even though OU's eight and O, I still don't think they're that good. I mean, they yeah. there's they could easily be five and three. Um, so there's a lot of parity this year that I that I really like. Um, 
So yeah, it, it's interesting. And this, this weekend we've got some great games coming oh, up. Oh yeah. Yeah. And speaking of kind of how up in the air, you know, the parody in this season, do you think we'll get some new teams in the playoff? Like what is your playoff picture looking Man, like right I, now? I, I'd love to see it. I mean, right now, if the playoff came out today, I would put Georgia one, OU two, Ohio State three, Cincinnati four. Okay. Okay. Um, that's kind of where we have it. Yeah. Yeah. Just and, and you know, I don't even think OU's the best team, but I just think if they run the table and go undefeated, I I, I don't see them getting left out. Right. Um, oh, totally. But uh, you know, I just I really want to see Cincinnati. Uh, get into the playoff this year. I think this is the year for it. If, if they end up putting like Bama and over Cincinnati, I think that we're just going to have a total colossal meltdown of the college football world. <laughs> yep. That's um, gonna be just because I mean, they beat, they did beat Notre Dame. And I mean, Notre Dame is the biggest, uh, if you're a Cincinnati fan, you're a huge Notre Dame fan. Now you want Notre Dame to win every single game for the rest of the season. Um, because that really has a lot pending on on how the playoff committee views Cincinnati. So I'm a group of five guy. I like to support the group of five teams. So I'd love. I think yeah. this is the year that they uh, that they get in. All right, let's hope so. We would really like to see it. Do you think that Wake Forest has a legitimate chance at running the table and even getting considered? So if Wake Forest is undefeated at the end of the year, I think you're gonna have you're gonna have to put them in. I mean, I know the committee has a huge bias towards Ohio State, but, you know, if Wake Forest goes on, if you think about Clemson, if they were, if Clemson and Wake Forest switched places and Clemson ran that same cupcake ACC schedule and went undefeated, they'd get into the playoff. Absolutely. So you got to, you got to say the same thing for Wake Forest. And, uh, you know, so if, if they, and I don't think, I honestly don't think they will go undefeated. I think Pitt is the best team in the ACC. But if they do run the table and go undefeated, I think you got a lot of men. Oh, yeah. You have to. Yeah, by principle, basically. Yeah. Could you imagine if it was, was, you know, Georgia, OU, Cincinnati, and Wake Forest? I mean, that'd be amazing. I don't think like, I don't think a small market team has ever made the college football playoff. Um, No, I don't think so. No. So, yeah, I think the committee would, would, flip over that you know not wanting to do that at all because i I think a lot of their selection has to do with you know getting the bigger fan bases and select you know packing those stadiums and sometimes i think they don't it's it's a very subjective way of picking teams right uh, for sure oh yeah yeah totally and kind of like last thing on the playoff do you think that it will expand uh do you want to see it at 12 teams what are your kind of thoughts on that yeah, I, I mean, I think 12 teams is too much. I'd like to see it okay. at eight, um, but I, I think it will expand. I think that it was definitely going to go to 12 teams until um, OU and Texas joined the SEC because um, that kind of that got uncovered by some uh, reporters down in Houston. Um, so, like, Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, wasn't going to tell anybody about that, and then he was going to add OU and Texas. So, you know, you'd look at the SEC potentially getting, you know, four, five, six teams a year in there if you had OU in Texas. Um, so I, I don't know how soon we're going to see it, but I, I think it's definitely going to happen, um, you know, sometime in the next couple of years. 
Yeah, supposedly the committee's meeting November 2nd and 3rd. So we'll see what's going on there. Yeah. So now we have to ask it. You you knew you were going to get this question coming onto a BYU podcast. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on BYU season so far? You know, I, I do. I, I've watched, I stayed up late watching a lot of BYU games. Yes. Um, I thought the game, um, the Utah game was great. Um, I think if Cameron Rising starts at quarterback um, instead of Charlie Brewer, I think Utah probably wins that game. Mm, um, interesting. I, I thought the game against Arizona State was impressive. That play by Algier where he just like came from behind and like <laughs> socked that, that ball out of the uh, defensive back's hand was just incredible. Um, you know, and then I watched the game against Baylor and, um, it it was just, you know, I really like Jaron, Jaron Hall, but you know, he's a great runner. It's just, I, you know, I haven't seen much passing, you know, success through the air with him. Um, so that's why I'm really concerned for BYU in this upcoming game because Virginia has a very potent passing attack with Brennan Armstrong and some really talented receivers. So I don't know if they can stay in a, you know, get in a shootout kind of scenario uh, with Virginia and and uh, keep up with with that offense because uh, they, they can score. Um, so, you know, I've been impressed, I, you know, before BYU lost to Boise, you know, I was thinking that they were they had a shot to potentially make like the Rose Bowl or, you know, a, a New Year's six game. But um yeah, just and Jaron Hall's been hurt. That, that Romney guy. Um, he, he's been kind of hurt too, hasn't he? He got concussed in the Utah State game. Yeah. Before that, yeah. he was whipping the ball all over the place. He's playing really well. Yeah, yeah, he was playing good. I, I remember I watched him against South Florida. He had some nice passes to another guy named Romney. His yeah, brother, his brother, actually, yeah. Crazy how many Romneys are out there in Utah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think the season's been been great. I, I, was, I was really hoping BYU – and Cincinnati would go undefeated just to see what would what the committee would do because BYU's got a brutal schedule. I mean, they play yeah. a lot of Power Five teams. Um, so of course they they've lost to to Baylor and uh, Boise now, but uh, but still it could still be a good season. Yeah, um, for sure. We could still claim a Pac-12 championship, right? We're four zero against. Yeah, the that's the thing. Y'all are kicking butt in the Pac-12 South. <laughs> yeah. and they're uh, yep. <laughs> There's one time I put out some rankings. <laughs> yeah, I put out I put out some rank like power rankings once, and I put like BYU as number two in the Pac-12 because they were like, <laughs> no, they were like they were like two and zero. They'd beaten Utah and Arizona State, and these Pac-12 fans just lost it. <laughs> it was, uh, pretty funny. Oh, we love that. But yeah, yeah, we actually we've kind of been saying the same thing. Like BYU, they had the shot, you know, but obviously turnovers. We yeah, you know, just Four did turnovers the Baylor game. That but, was awful. but yeah, um, we still think it's a pretty good season, right? Like, you know, yeah. six and two with the win over Utah, we broke the streak. So yeah, you know, finally broke that streak. That game was yeah. wild. It was what? And it was, it was a fun wild. game. Were y'all, yeah. were y'all at that game? Yeah. yeah. And y'all, all the so section. like, I, I remember at the end of the game, like towards the end of the game, it started just downpouring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and just like, it just seemed kind of like, whoa, this get, this is just insane. And Utah was coming back. I mean, that was just a wild game. It was uh, really it was cool. crazy. Yeah, we had yeah. some gripes because it only rained on BYU's possessions. It did not <laughs> rain on Utah's possessions. Yeah. So that was kind of <laughs> whack, but, <laughs> but it worked out. We came out with it in the end. 
Yeah. But um, anyway, moving kind of into this week, something that we do here on our podcast is we do the 10 games we think are going to be the closest, the best, and we're Mm -hmm. going to pick those. But we also do an upset pick, which is an against the spread upset. So you get one point if your team covers and then three points if your team outright wins. Okay. So we're probably just going to hop right into that. I'll go for it. I'm going to start it off. Um, I've been kind of following Arizona, not Arizona State, Arizona a little bit lately. And I know they suck. I know they're completely, you know, winless. But the last couple of games, like they've been flirting with a win, you know, and USC game is at USC, but USC is favored by three touchdowns. So I'm going to take Arizona not to win. I don't think I'm going to get three points, but I'm going with Arizona to get me that one point. I think they can cover USC is kind of cheeks this year. They're not that good. Yeah, so. it is homecoming down there. I don't know how oh. much that that means, um, but uh, but yeah, that's a good pick for sure. My pick, I definitely think I'm gonna get three here. UTEP is an 11 point dog at FAU. I think UTEP has the capacity to go and win this game. I don't think FAU is quite as good as everyone's hyping them up to be. I don't think UTEP is quite as mediocre as everyone is saying they are. So yeah, UTEP six and one. I think they're seven and one after this. Yeah, and then our yeah. other friend. Our other friend, Dan, uh, he's got Illinois one and a half over Rutgers. He must have been really impressed last week with their uh... another toilet bowl game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, BGB, what what do you want? Uh, what's what's your upset pick? Um, yeah. Sorry if you can hear my three year old out there. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. Awesome. Um, so I've got uh, I, I think so. Texas Tech plays OU this weekend. I think that. OU uh, OU is a 19 point favorite. And I think that uh, I, I don't, I don't think OU covers. I think it'll be um, a little closer uh, 14, 14 to seven point, 17 point game. Um, I just don't see OU blowing them out. I, I think that uh, Texas tech fired their head coach. I think Sonny Cumbie, the interim head coach is going to throw all, throw out all the trick plays and everything. Yeah. So um, I, I think it'll be, it'll it'll be closer than a 19 and a half point spread yeah that's there a great pick. i mean that's kind of what happened with us last week with washington state right like they played really well they played better you know they kind of played for their their head their fired head coach like they came together like that so i like that pick yeah yeah look at him going against his own team on the podcast uh, yeah it. see i i don't have any ou bias <laughs> um I'm, I'm more difficult on my team than other ou fans are <laughs> All right, so let's move right in to our Tipsy 10 picks. So these are the 10 games we'll be picking. Uh, just so you have a general idea of what we do here, Jared actually leads the like the season-long record. He's up by two right now. What are you? You're, okay. Yeah, I don't you're know. Like 34 and 21 or something. I don't know, something like that. Something like it's that. A, I'm up by two. <laughs> we're, we're, all well, we're all well above 500, so that's good. Uh, if this interests you, the guests – the winner gets a box of Cheez-Its of their flavor choosing. So <laughs> hey, that, you have that right. to look forward to. Uh, so let's start out with the first game we're picking is Fresno State at number 21. SDSU is a one point favorite. This is a very interesting game. I'm, Fresno State was everybody's darling at the beginning of the season. Hayner was playing out of his mind. Uh, Dan is picking Fresno State to win this game. You know, Dan is a Fresno State guy through and through. Uh, I'm also picking Fresno. I've been on the San Diego state bandwagon for the majority of the season, ever since they beat Utah, but I think it's time for SDSU to lose. I don't think they can realistically go undefeated. That's just like an internal bias that I have. And I think this is the game that they lose. 
Okay. BGB, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, th- this is a game I had circled as well, because I'm actually going up to the Fresno-Boise game next week. Um, so, I uh, yeah, I think Fresno is going to win this game um, just because of Hayner. Um, he, he hasn't played as good as last couple games, but but uh, I, I think they can, you know, extend the field, throw the ball. San Diego State doesn't really have a passing game. Um, so it's I, – I just don't I, – I, I don't see San Diego State winning this game unless they just run the ball and have some, you know, crazy clock management and keep that Fresno's offense off the field. So I like Fresno. Okay. I'm going with San Diego state here. I think that even though San Diego state literally can't throw the ball worth beans. uh, I think that kind of like what BGB was saying, like you, I think they'll control the time of possession, you know, keep Hainer off the field. And I was looking at some stats in Fresno state's loss. And in the last couple of games, if they haven't been able to run the ball, they haven't been able to throw the ball as well. They still can throw the ball, but since San Diego state has such good rushing defense, I think that they can make Fresno state one dimensional and they can control the time of possession and win the game. All right. Very interesting. Moving on to game number two, we got number 19 SMU undefeated going on and taking on Houston, who is a one point favorite. Now this is a very interesting game just because to me, Houston is favored by one, I think, just because they're at Houston. They kind of struggled against Eastern Carolina last week. They went yeah. into overtime. Or I don't know if that was last week or two weeks. I don't know if that yeah, was last, it was week. last week. There was a pretty, it was like a five or six hour rain delay in that game. Yeah. yeah. It was ugly. So I think SMU's coming into this game hot. I'm going to pick SMU simply because I want to see an undefeated SMU play an undefeated Cincinnati. I feel like that would be incredible in week 11. So uh, Dan's also picking SMU. BGB, who are you feeling in this one? Yeah, I've got SMU. I have no idea. When you look at the line here, it's just kind of like, what is Vegas? No. I mean, I don't understand why Houston is is the favorite here. Um, SMU is a pretty solid squad. Tanner Mordecai um, is a great quarterback. He's an OU guy that transferred there. Um, I, I just don't see Houston winning this game. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% with you. I The line makes me question it, but I just have to go back to my gut and just be like, nope, SMU is going to win this game. So yeah, that's what I'm picking. Um, our next game is very interesting for Cougar fans. We got UCLA at Utah and Utah is four and a half point favorite in this one. Both teams coming off a loss. Yeah. Yeah. This game last week after Utah burned me <laughs> because Oregon state won, I said, I would never pick Utah again. I am going right against that, and I am picking Utah again. It'll probably burn me again. I don't know what I'm doing, but I feel like Utah at home is a completely different team than Utah on the road. Okay. Utah is very good in Salt Lake City. DTR has been kind of struggling lately, so I think that Utah will win this game in a close one. All right. Dan is also picking Utah. Uh, big game boomer. Who you got? I'm, I'm picking Utah. I don't know the, the situation with Dorian T. Uh, Robinson, if he's, if he's still hurt or not. Um, but I just like the Utes at home uh, on a Saturday night. Um, you know, Chip Kelly's squad has looked vulnerable. Uh, they can score, but uh, I, I just like like uh, the Utes at home. Uh, I just I don't see them losing this game. Kind of, right. This game kind of reminds me of the Arizona State game, kind of, kind of coming in. Oh, that's true. Um, 
which Utah so. did win. Yeah. For our yeah. Listeners out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Um, I'm going with UCLA by principle here. I hate Utah and I will not choose them. So <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. You're just like well, Dr. Hanson yeah. last week. <laughs> yeah. I can't argue with that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up on the docket, we got UNC, who is a very important team to me because I have a cheese it bet out there on them with uh, one of our fellow hosts, Dan. Uh, they're going up at, at Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a three and a half point favorite. Um, I was looking at like the history of this series and I don't remember the exact stat, but like Notre Dame has just blown out UNC in the past, like 25 years in this series. <laughs> I think Notre Dame continues. I think UNC is vulnerable. Sam Howell, like, I don't know what he's doing. You know, he's, he turned, he was a great prospect coming in, but you know, UNC struggled thus far. I think their struggles continue. Notre Dame wins this game. BGB, how are you feeling? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I, I picked UNC to win the to win the ACC at the beginning of the year, and I looked like an idiot after doing that because um, I just had more faith in Sam Howell. He, he lost some key weapons on the outside and at running back, and his main threat, Josh Downs, is really his only target. Um, Ty Chandler at running back's all right, but, yeah, I just don't see – even though Notre Dame has quarterback issues, I just don't see them losing in South Bend to this – UNC team that just, I don't know, they've been a huge disappointment. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. I think UNC, I feel like, has the power. I think they could beat Notre Dame, especially given Notre Dame's recent, you know, struggles. But I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Notre Dame takes this one home. Looks like Dan agrees with you. He's picking against UNC, which, you know, he's got to do. He's picking (laughs) Notre Dame as well. (laughs) Yep. Uh, (laughs) Next, we head back out west to Boise State at Colorado State. And usually this would be a no-brainer, but this year I really don't know what I'm getting from Boise State. Big Game Boomer, what are your thoughts? Man, so did y'all watch that Utah State-Colorado State game last Friday night? Oh, yes. Yeah, Colorado State forgot that they could spike the ball. Yeah, that huge just debacle um, by Adazio to not spike the ball. Um, Yeah, this is really just a pick them. I think that Boise State will win just because I think Bachmeyer and uh, Khalil Shakir, you know, they've got some playmakers. Their defense hasn't been great, but I just – I'm not sold on Colorado State. Um, I still think they've got a lot of issues. So I'm going with, with Boise State on the road. All right. I'm also going Boise State and – Really, it's just because I watched that early season game. What was it? Colorado State, North Dakota, where South, Col- South Dakota South, State, yeah, South Dakota got. State, yeah, that one, and they lost at home to an FCS school, and so yeah, I just can't get that out of my brain. And so, even though I don't like Boise State, I'm gonna go with Boise State. Fair enough. I'm going with Boise State too. I just think Boise State's a better team. I think they have better athletes. I think that they will take it to Colorado State. I think they'll more than cover that spread. But Dan, he's kind of going off the grain here. He's picking Colorado State. I wish he was here to defend himself. I have absolutely no clue what he's thinking. And because he's not here to defend himself, I'm just going to say it. What are you thinking, man? (laughs) They've improved. They've improved since they lost to uh, South Dakota State. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's true. Moving on to the next game, we have a team that we are very high on on this podcast. We love them. Mainly because of the powder blue. Powder blue. (laughs) We're big uniform conspiracy theorists on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, Ole Miss is taking on Auburn. This will be a very, very good game, I think. Uh, It's a top 20 matchup, 10 Ole Miss taking on 18 Auburn. Man, this is going to be a really good one. Jared, what do you think about this? So 
I originally picked Matt Crowell to win the Heisman at the beginning of the season. Um, I've been high on Ole Miss uh, for a long time because um, I think Matt Crowell's improved. But the Alabama game, and I know it was Alabama, but I just I, – I don't know what to think of them now. And kind of the same with Auburn. Like, I don't really know what – they're just so up and down. They're both both these teams are kind of like wild cards to me. But kind of like we said – I don't even know if they're going to wear the powder blue, but because they have the powder blue and I don't really like Auburn's colors, I'm going with Ole Miss here. I think they're going to pull it out, even though it's at Auburn. Man, I mean, that's that's a pretty good point. I can't argue against uniforms. Uh, Dan is also picking Ole Miss, so he agrees with you. Um, I'm going to go with Auburn in this one. I don't really have a solid reason why. Sometimes when I make picks, I just think, you know, it's it's I think Ole Miss is not going to go 11 and one. I think they are going to drop another game. And I think this is the game to drop. That's the only reasoning I have behind it. Not super technical. I think Auburn wins this one. Big game, Boomer. What are you thinking about this one? So do you you guys know about the suspensions for the Auburn players? Oh, no. Uh -uh. Had like nine or ten guys fail a drug test or something early this week. And um, I think they're going to be out a couple of uh, defensive backs Dang, um, I wish I would have heard that before I made my pick. I should so, have you go first. <laughs> so, um, but so this game is at night um, at Jordan Hare, which is an electric stadium, extremely loud, hostile environment. Um, I just think I think Ole Miss is going to win, um, just because well, a they've they withstood they've they've won in an extremely hostile environment uh, in Knoxville a couple weeks ago, and I just think Corral. Um, is going to be able to overcome uh, that, you know, hostile environment and uh, put points on the point points on the board, um, you, you know, against Auburn. I just don't think Bo Nix is, will be able to keep up. Yeah. No, it's a great pick. Dan is also going with Ole Miss. So fair enough. Justin, you're the lone man out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I might really fail. I, I, wish I, I really wish I would have known that drug testing before I verbalized Auburn. Cause once you verbalize it, you can't go back. It's locked. <laughs> All right. This one, I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on um, Texas at Baylor. Now Baylor's been really hot lately. Mm-hmm. I mean, they absolutely smacked us. And yeah. they've been playing really well, you know, ever since that weird game against Oklahoma State. So I want you to take this one, big game, Boomer. What are your thoughts on this one? So Texas is a great, great first half team. Um, they feed B. John Robinson the ball in the first half. And, and um, Xavier uh, Weary, their uh, wide receiver, they get him the ball and they, they look electric in the first half but but in the second half for whatever reason sark takes his foot off the gas um and and that that happened against ou and it happened against oklahoma state um so it really i think texas is the better team but i i just it comes down to how is texas going to perform for the whole game um baylor is stout on defense they've got uh a great duo at running back um, and, and, you know, Jerry Bohannon is a good quarterback. Uh, they've got a few guys at receiver. So I'm, I'm going to pick Baylor, but, but if, if Texas wins this game, it'll be, be, be because B. John Robinson got the ball in the second half and, you know, went you know, added another hundred yards to his total yards for the game. Yeah. I, 
I love that. It's kind of like one of our gripes with our current offensive coordinator, you know, like against USF, we got up huge in the first half and then let off the gas in the second half and it can come back to bite you. It really can. Um, comes, yeah. comes back to bite Texas every week. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, for real, it does. Cause I think in OU Texas, B. John Robinson had like 130 yards in the first half. And then in the second half, he only had like 27 yards. And so you're just like, why, why did you not give him the ball in the second half? Yeah. Um, he's one of the best players in the country. So, yeah. No, yeah, we definitely agree. We, we hate it when teams, you know, play not to lose instead of playing to win. Right. And you kind yeah. of get conservative, you know, we hate that. Um, I'm going with Baylor mainly because the running attack for Baylor is so strong. And I haven't really seen anything from Texas that gives me hope in their defense. And Baylor's defense did pretty well against BYU in that game. And they've done kind of, they've done pretty well since. So I'm going to go with Baylor. Yeah, no, I think it's a safe pick. You know, I am very upset uh, just because, you know, what you guys are talking about, offensive coordinators need to stop taking their foot off the gas. Jeff Grimes, he was super guilty of that his first few years at BYU. He finally learns how to take his foot off the gas. And what does he do? Rushes out to Baylor and implements that like high flying offense there <laughs> and now we're stuck with an offensive coordinator who just likes scoring 20 points a game so yeah i'm kind of upset about that uh, i think baylor's gonna win this game just because i don't trust texas um i've always kind of been a texas hater uh we love bagging on texas just because every time we hear the word text anytime a byu fan hears the word texas i promise you the first image that pops into their mind is Taysom Hill hurdling that guy to get into the end zone? So we absolutely y'all, hate y'all Texas. beat Texas like y'all beat Texas like two years in a row, didn't you? Back in the in like 2014, like yeah, yeah, we absolutely demolished and, them in Austin. One yeah, year. blew them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time. memory for all of us. I think. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, See, no doubt. Dan also picked Baylor to win this game, so we got four choices going all to Baylor next up we have a game that for whatever reason Wisconsin is favored in these games all year long (laughs) and I can't fathom why Wisconsin is improving so I'll give them that we got number nine Iowa going to Madison to play Wisconsin who's a three-point favorite BGB what are your thoughts on this one so I've looked at this game a lot I'm going with with Wisconsin because Iowa the way that they've won all their games their defense has gotten like three or four turnovers a game. And that's kind of masked their problems with Spencer Petras. And that's why you saw when they got, when they lost by, when they lost by double digits to Purdue, they didn't have any turnovers and Spencer Petras couldn't, couldn't score, couldn't get the ball down the field. So um, I, Wisconsin has one of the best defenses in the country. Um, even though they have three losses, that is a stout defense. And I just don't think that Iowa is going to be able to move the football at all. I think it's going to be like a six to three game, <laughs> but I think Wisconsin edges Iowa out. That's big 10 football, baby. Yep. <laughs> I am picking yeah. Iowa for the yeah. same reason big that you are not nice. picking Iowa. Uh, just because oh, I okay. believe that Graham Mertz is capable of throwing 17 interceptions in one game. Uh, they both, yeah. Mertz is, 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 yeah. Mertz and Petrus. You just can't, can't trust them. <laughs> I, I think they'll only let Graham Mertz throw the ball like 12 times in the entire game. Maybe. But of those 12 attempts, I think maybe three of them will be interceptions. I think Iowa will edge out Wisconsin in a close one. 
Yeah, this is a hard one for me because I originally put Wisconsin and then I flipped to Iowa, but now I want to flip back to, back to Wisconsin. I I think I'm going to go with Iowa for this reason. You're going with Iowa? I'm going with Iowa. I'm Iowa, going with Iowa okay. because I, I, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, and so I'm a Buckeye fan. My dad went there. Um, and I'm sick of playing Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. And so I'm going to root for Iowa in this game so I can get a different team to play in the Big Ten championship game. That's literally the there only you reason. Go. Fair <laughs> enough. I would say it. if if Wisconsin did not go to Purdue and win 30 to 13, I would have definitely picked Iowa here. But um, they just they looked impressive against a Purdue team that that you know, skunked Iowa basically. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a great point. And I'm really excited to watch this game just because I think it's going to be, it's going to be like an all out slugfest. Yep. You know, we I'm might have, to be oh out yeah, out it's going to be physical. It'll we come down have... to the last drive for sure. For sure. I, I, if there's a bet on, you could take, or will there be more punts or more points? I think I would take punts in this game. There's got to be a prop bet <laughs> out there somewhere. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, punts for sure. <laughs> uh, Dan is also going with cons- with Wisconsin there. So we're split on that one. Um, for our second to last game, definitely the marquee matchup of the weekend. You know, it's Fox Big Noon Saturday. College Game Day is also going to be there. It's a battle for the Paul Bunyan Trophy, which I love all the Big Ten Trophy games. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, Great ones. Uh, Michigan State hosting Michigan. And I love this game. It's always exciting. I want to get your thoughts on this big game, Boomer, because the two teams are pretty evenly matched this year. Yeah, they're very evenly matched. Um, it's just, yeah, this is just straight up pick them. I mean, um, Michigan is more one-dimensional. Um, they've got some great running backs with Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum. Um, I really haven't seen McNamara throw the ball at all the whole season. Right. Um, except against like Western Michigan um, and, you know, Michigan state, they've had to win in different ways. Peyton Thorne has had more success through the air. Uh, Kenneth Walker is just a stud, but he did, he, Nebraska did kind of shut him down. So, I, I mean, it's, it's just so tough. I think Michigan is the better team overall. I think their defense is stout. I'm just, there's something that's telling me to lean with uh, Michigan state. I don't know if it's Mel Tucker's swag or what, (laughs) but I'm just feeling Michigan state in this kind of environment. Um, You know, it'll be like a crazy kickoff return or a punt return for a touchdown. um, But yeah, I mean, this, these teams are so evenly matched. Um, So yeah, I, I'm going with Michigan State, but hesitant. <laughs> All right. What's that meme that's going around right now? Like, this is the year. They're having fun. They're throwing the ball well. They're doing, you know, all that jib-jab with Michigan. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Michigan's – this is the year. They're having fun. I think Michigan's going to win this game. I think they're going to win it by by a little – probably 10 points. I think they're going to oh, really? win this game by 10 points. Uh, I don't trust Michigan State. That might just be some internal bias in myself that I never <laughs> trust Michigan State to really kind of like pull through all the way to the end. I don't trust Michigan either, but I trust Michigan State even less than I trust Michigan. So for that reason, I got to pick Michigan. All right. Dan is with you. He's going with Michigan. For me, okay, so I hate Michigan as an Ohio State fan. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Left expected. Yes. Um, 
and I, I'm not too fond of Michigan State, honestly, for the 2015 debacle and the kicker and the, ah, you know, and he beat Ohio State in the shoe. <laughs> so I'm going with Michigan State as well. I'm with BGB on this one because the quarterbacks, right? McNamara hasn't shown that he can really throw the ball that well, whereas Thorne, he has been able to throw the ball. And Michigan State, like, I love just looking at their schedule and being like, wow, this team is not good, yet they've won every game, right? Like, mm-hmm. they just win ugly. And that's what you have to do in the Big Ten. And I think and this Michigan is kind of one. Michigan has won ugly as well. I mean, yeah, they yeah. won ugly against Nebraska, won ugly against Rutgers. So, I mean, um, you know, what's going to give at the end of the day? You know, yep. it's the big, biggest question. Yep. That's just Big Ten football. That's why yeah. I love it. And for <laughs> yeah. me, I'm going with Michigan State. Say what you will. Maybe it's because, you know, I'm an Ohio State fan. But – I trust Michigan State's offense more than I trust Michigan's offense. And even though both defenses are pretty good, maybe Michigan has a better defense, right? I think we could all agree. I'm going to go with Michigan State just because I know they have more weapons through the air and on the ground offensively. So I'm going with Sparty. All right, fair enough. So that's the game of the week, really. But the game of the week for us, of course, has got to be Virginia coming to Provo to play BYU. We are favored by two and a half points, so by less than a field goal. The fact that we're favored at all is like a miracle to us. Kind of a head scratcher. (laughs) We cracked the top 25 ranking again. Uh, BGB, how are you feeling about BYU in this matchup? Man, I told you guys earlier, this is a game for BYU that I just, I do not like the matchup. Um, (laughs) I just think uh, Brennan Armstrong um, if you if you've watched Virginia play, I mean they just light it up with his receivers, uh, Billy Kemp and Dontavian Wicks. Uh, they they're just uh, I mean they've got more pass. I think they've got twice as many passing yards as the second team in the ACC. Um, so I just I, if I'm a BYU fan, I don't feel good about it. Uh, I think this is the best offense that BYU's played all year. Yeah, um, definitely. And I, I just if they get down early, I just don't see Jaron Hall coming back and you know le- leading the Cougars back to a, you know winning. Um, so I know your your fans will probably hate me for this, but I'm leaning towards Virginia on this one. <laughs> no, we'll give you that one. Uh, to be honest, hey, as I picked, a- I picked Utah. I picked BYU to beat Utah this year. And you, you have no idea how much crap I got on social media for that. And, <laughs> it, and it happened and it was, it was beautiful. People just kind of went silent into the night. It was, yep. it was great. You manifested it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we're also upset at you for manifesting our loss by putting BYU on upset alert against Boise State. So we're kind of upset yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did so, pick you guys to beat Arizona State as well. So yeah. what you pick oh. happens. That's why we need you to pick BYU. You can say Virginia, but in your mind, just be thinking BYU. Oh, yeah. I'll be that. thinking Cougars. I just, man, I just don't feel good about it. Yeah. Maybe a West or East Coast team flying out to the West Coast will, will kind of slow them down. But the altitude. I've seen Virginia the play, and, and they're, they're uh, yeah, the altitude maybe will throw in something. I don't know. But Bronco Mendenhall's coached out, out there, so maybe he's had Virginia out there for since yeah, Monday. Um, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah. Maybe Brennan Armstrong is going to be sailing the ball because of the, <laughs> you know, less the air isn't as thick. So he's going to be overthrowing <laughs> all his receivers. There's going to be a lot of interceptions in this game. To be honest, as a BYU fan, we don't feel incredible going into like any game, really. Like, 
<laughs> like, uh, you know, we love our team. We absolutely love them, but we don't think we're like a prolific scoring offense or anything Not like this that. Year anyway, yeah. Um, I think BYU is going to win this game. I have to say that because, you know, we're on the podcast and everything. Um, BYU is going to have to score. I don't think they're going to score very much. I think our defense is going to come in clutch. I think our defense is going to force uh, a couple turnovers, hopefully two. And if we do that, I think we win this game about 31-27. Yeah. Um, so personally, I kind of feel the same way I did going into the Baylor game, which is unfortunate. Beast. You know, where I kind of I can see that Virginia in this case, you know, they have the weapons to beat us. BYU is going to have to play a game other than what they have played, you know, in the past in order to win. I think BYU is going to get down early. I think Brennan Armstrong is going to lead out, go up, you know, maybe two touchdowns, 10 points, something like that. And I think BYU is going to make a switch quarterback because we've seen Baylor Romney be explosive in the two games that he played. Jaron Hall hasn't been explosive. He just, he hasn't been explosive. Yeah. His legs are great, but he hasn't yeah, been able to run the ball, ball. But yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, it's not just us, you know, like big game boomer seen it, yeah. you know, and if he sees it, we know it's truth. So <laughs> yeah, if Jaron Hall is questioning his rib health and he's not putting his body on the line, then he will not do a good enough job to score what we need to score to win this game. Yeah. So I'm going, I'm calling for a change of quarterback mid game. Baylor Romney is going to lead a comeback. If that doesn't happen, I don't think BYU wins the game. I don't think BYU can win the game with Jaron Hall. Just going to say it. We need to be more explosive to beat this team. Okay. So who are you picking to win? I'm going with BYU because of the quarterback change. <laughs> Banking All on that it. and you're picking BYU. <laughs> <laughs> we got a little bit of bias. You Blue know, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Blue goggles on. <laughs> but yeah, that wraps it up. Um, so we got all the picks are in. The winning guest will get a free box of Cheez-Its. Mm-hmm. We'll send it to you. All um, right. The Wait. guest record right now is at seven and three. Yes, that's the best guest. So record that's right like now. the the mark that you need to hit. Mm-hmm. So we'll let you All know right. how you do. We'll post it. We'll tag you on social media. And uh, honestly, just huge shout out to you, Big Game Boomer. Thank you so much for coming on. This was such an honor for us. Yeah, absolutely. We loved having you on. Absolutely, Everyone, man. please Happy go to... follow. Go ahead. Oh yeah, just um, thanks for having me on. I, I love joining any podcast talking football. It's a break from my day. <laughs> yeah. We love talking football. We love talking with you. Everyone, please go follow him on Instagram and on Twitter. On Twitter, you're Big Game Boomer official as well, right? Uh, big Game on Boomer on Twitter. Big Game Boomer uh, official on Instagram. There you go. Check yep. out those accounts. Follow them. Check us Check us out on Instagram and Twitter as well, at Les Talk Pod. Also, don't forget to check out our website, lestalkpodcast.com, where Jared is posting his weekend watch guides yep. every single what, what did you post them on Thursday night? Right? Thursday night. Every yeah. single Thursday night, he's posting them. They are the key to getting through your college football weekend. Yeah, basically, it's just a spreadsheet with all the games on all the networks at all the times that they're on. So you just flip that open and you see all the games that are on right there. So, yeah. and their relevancy right. to BYU. So, yeah, he has it like <laughs> color coded <laughs> But yeah, just huge shout out to Big Game Boomer. Loved having you on. And uh, could you give us a Go Cougs to finish us off here? Go Cougs. There you go. There we go. Thank you for listening to this episode.